Hey, it's Quinn Miners, and you're listening to The Blitz. Welcome back to another episode of D Blitz. I know we've been away for a little while. It's been almost a month since we've given you an episode, but we're here again. And this is episode 29, a.k.a. season two, episode one, we'll call it. And this is going to be our big 2021-2022 NFL season prediction, preview, all that good stuff. I'll even run through awards after the fact. But I'm not alone. It's your host, John DeBona here, but my brother Anthony is not on the episode this week. Instead, I have my cohorts from Eddie and Caleb's Hero Cast, Eddie Cornelson. Yeah, well, listen, we don't need an Eagles fan on the podcast anyway. We already know where they're going to finish in the division. <laughs> and Caleb Baldwin. Yep, yep, the uh, the uh, better-looking half of Eddie and Caleb's Hero Cast, And also, for what it's worth, the only 49ers fan, I believe, to ever be on your podcast, if I am not mistaken. Yes, you would be the first actual 49ers fan that we've had. We've had Titans fans, well, fan, a Jets <laughs> fan, we've had a Patriots fan at points. Uh, never yet had a 49ers fan, so welcome aboard, guys. Thank you. Guys, uh, real uh, follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. Yeah, and follow Eddie on Twitter at uh, what's your handle again? I don't remember. EDDYC85. And follow me on Twitter at Jorge Blanco, H O R H A Y B L A N C O. And follow the show on Twitter. I believe we're at DBlitz Pod. If I remember right, if not, just look for DBlitz. I think we're the only one. But getting right into it, it is it. We are recording on Thursday evening. The Thursday night game has not yet started yet. It is currently exactly 7.36 Eastern Standard Time as we record. And we're going to get right into our predictions for the year. And let's start with our season standings. I don't know if you guys have yours up, if you want me to start it, or uh, who wants to go first? I I don't have my season standings, so I will listen to what you say, and I will offer... Critique or agreement, if that is all right with you. All right. So I'll do it this way. I'll start in the AFC North. And for me, leading up the AFC North, I have the Cleveland Browns at 12-5, and five, finishing up with the fourth seed overall in the AFC. Then, in second place in the AFC North, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at 10-7, and seven, pulling up the sixth seed in the AFC. Following that, I have the Cincinnati Bengals at 8 and 9. They just missed the playoffs. And I have finishing up last, and I really don't feel confident in this. It was kind of shocking to me to see it, but I just went week by week, and maybe I overreacted to all their current injuries. But I somehow have the Baltimore Ravens finishing a measly 6 and 11, which is extra shocking because if anybody knows me, the Ravens are always kind of in that top three or four teams that I root for. So I was a little surprised to see them finishing that far down. But just to recap, Cleveland, fourth seed, 12-5. and five. Pittsburgh, sixth seed, 10-7. and seven. Cincinnati, out of the playoffs, 8-9. And, and Baltimore, pulling up the end of the division at 6-11. and 11. What do you guys think about that? Man, I will, I'm, I'm going to jump in. It's wild to me that you have Baltimore in dead last. I mean, I know they've uh, been a little snake bit so far in the season 
has not even officially started. To me, I think it's wild to put them at fourth, but if they don't win the division, Cleveland would be the team I would go with. And also hearing you, uh, you know, say 12 and five and eight and nine and all those, it's like, oh yeah, it's a 17 game season now. So that's, that's still going to take some getting used to, you know? It does look so weird to not have a single team at 500 because, I mean, unless you predict a tie, it can't happen. And spoilers, I'm not predicting ties. Yeah. Ties are like kissing your sister. No one likes them. (laughs) Yeah. But they happen more more often in the South, I guess. Uh, Unless it's hockey and Eddie's watching. (laughs) Uh, There is no ties in hockey. You would know that if you were a fan. But you want there to be be ties in hockey. You do. You totally said you did. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, them. Okay, you guys could go listen to older episodes of the Hardly Heroes episodes of Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast where we debate shootouts in hockey. And Eddie, Eddie is vehemently opposed to the shootout. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't prove anything. <laughs> Either way. Eddie, any thoughts on the uh, AFC North? Well, I do think... I do think you have the Ravens a little bit too low there. Um, I mean, it's going to be tough. Um, yeah, like, I, like just to, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, like I said, that was one of like probably the most surprising pick of everything because I don't actually think they'll finish six and eleven. But like I said, I was just going week by week and trying to figure out all right, where where are they going to win, where are they going to lose, and I guess in this scenario, I must have had them getting swept by Cleveland and Pittsburgh and probably dropping at least one to Cincinnati. I don't know how I got them so low. That does feel like my most off-base pick of this division, though. Yeah, I mean, well, look, it's possible when you have a running back at quarterback, that's always a tricky, um, you know, a tricky way to go about the season. But I think the, I think I would have uh, Bengals a little bit lower. Uh, you know, they'll be better. I think Pittsburgh's going to take a big step back. I would see them around like an eight eight or nine win team yeah i wanted like i'm naturally inclined to give pittsburgh less but then i feel like it's pittsburgh and with mike tomlin and those guys every time i think they're gonna finally stink and the wheels are gonna fall off and that roethlisberger is too old somehow they still just put together like solid season after solid season so it is true yeah they're never bad but i just i feel like this is Ben's last season, and I'm just not confident. I was not even confident watching them last year, even though they went on the big win streak. I, it just felt like they were frauds, and they proved it when they were handily beaten by Cleveland, even though they tried to blow it in true Cleveland fashion. <laughs> All right, so getting to the next division, this is going to be music to Eddie's ears. I have the Tennessee Titans getting the number one seed in the AFC. Wow. Finishing at fifteen and two. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Eddie's, Eddie's Titans making big moves, even though I don't fully trust their defense. Again, I'm not totally sure how I ended up with fifteen wins, but that's what I got for them. Looking at the schedule. Um, next up in the division, I got the Indianapolis Colts getting the seventh seed, but at only eight and nine. I'm really down on the AFC overall this year. I don't think it's a very strong conference. I think the NFC as we'll see when I get to that side of things, is much stronger of the two and much deeper of the two. I think the AFC is incredibly top-heavy, and then it really kind of like falters off down the stretch. Um, so I have Indy getting the last spot at 8 and 9. Um, then I have Jacksonville at a measly 3 and 14. 
I think Trevor Lawrence can look really good despite their record being really bad. I think they can have games that they're close in and lose. It's just, I don't know. I don't see the talent there besides Lawrence. I think losing ETN was a big blow or like before the season even started. And I'm just not totally sure what they have there, even though I was high on a lot of the moves they made with their young guys. Um, and to nobody's surprise at all, coming in dead last is the Houston Texans. On previous Deep Blitz episodes, I've said that I was higher on them than a lot of people, and I probably still am. But I also just know the talent's not there. So I have them with just one win and 16 losses. Wow. And realistically, I think they'll probably find another win or two. I don't I feel like one one win is too low even for the I mean, yeah, one win is too low even for the worst team in football. But that's what the schedule told me, so I am going on record as having the Houston Texans at a pathetic one and sixteen. You guys got any uh, AFC South thoughts? Well, I will say this, John. Um, the Titans at 15-2, and two, when you consider that six of those games are against the, the Texans, the Jags, and the Colts, I like that, you know, that improves their chances for sure. I mean, um, if the, I was just going to say, if the Colts are fully healthy, I think the Colts could be a problem and could be a threat to Tennessee. I just don't know if the Colts are ever going to be fully healthy because I don't trust Carson Wentz to ever be fully healthy and stay there. So for that reason, it's like, okay, I could see them, you know, getting those 15 wins, even though they do play, you know, outside of that, a relatively tough schedule. Um, but, man, it's just like, I got to wonder, how are the Chiefs doing on this if, you know, you're putting the the Titans above them? You know, how are they getting more than two losses this season? Uh, are they getting more than two losses this season That's the question. Okay, okay. Something we'll get to in a little bit. Fair enough. Well, I have uh, plenty of thoughts on this, of course. So <laughs> let's hear it, Captain Titan. I here's the deal with the defense. And maybe this is just the preseason mirage, but I thought the defense looked very good in the preseason. And it's preseason, but they did make uh they, they made some nice moves on, on defense. And look, they don't need to be a great defense, just not a all-time horrible. I think it was like worst third down conversion in 30 years. Like, just don't be that, and you'll be maybe like a 15-win team. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm excited about that. Everybody stays healthy. You know, we already got the quarterback and the coach got COVID out of the way. Good. Get it out, and uh, nobody else get it, and we'll be good. The uh, Colts... I don't even think they'll be much improved with Wentz. Him and Rivers, to me, it's just the same thing. I don't uh, – I think they'll – yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, the Jags, I think they'll look a lot like the Bengals did last year. So, like a three- or four-win team. And they might even have a couple, uh, couple upsets in there just because you might see some glimpses of Trevor Lawrence and – who the Texans? Uh, they are not going to be good. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. That's uh... the Texans. The Texans on paper, and I know paper doesn't count for anything. We've seen teams that we expect to be horrible, like Caleb's 49ers a couple of times, end up becoming powerhouses. But on paper, I think the Texans might have the worst combination of both talent 
and culture that we've ever seen from a team. And that's not a knock on David Culley because he's new and he's got to probably establish himself. But all their front office drama with Watson and how everybody hates that Chaplin guy that they give power to whose name is escaping me right now. All of that makes me just think, combined with having no stars really right now besides Watson, that's a team that I can't see having much success at all. Jack Easterby. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad yeah. somebody remembered. Yeah. Look, I've, it, a couple things with the Texans real quick. Number one, the fact that they're like holding out for three first-round picks. Am I the only one that re- re- no, realizes that their quarterback has like 22 rape allegations? Like, <laughs> you should be lucky to get one. Yeah, what's hard though is it's an all or nothing with Deshaun. If you think Watson's going to play and get his name cleared, he's worth three first round picks. If you think he's like, if you think the charges are all true or even mostly true, he may never play again. And then you don't want to give up anything for him. So I kind of see them holding Pat, especially because, let's be honest, their team is already horrible. There's no incentive. Like, they're not really losing anything by not getting a return on him right now because the draft picks that they would get back aren't going to be till next season anyway. So they don't really lose anything by holding on to him. And maybe they're also hoping that, like, if the team does all of a sudden rally around David Culley and play better and they look like they could be serviceable with Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback, then maybe Watson's like, you know what? Maybe I will stick around. I doubt yeah. it's going to happen. Like I said, I think they're. No, I don't think he's least talented team in football, but yeah, I don't think he'll play for them anymore. But but I think it just makes sense to hold out until a team gets desperate or until you know the situation's resolved. Unless you think his career is done, that's the only way that I would give him up for like one first rounder. If I thought that he's not going to play again, or that he's going to be suspended for a full season plus, then I'd probably be like, yeah, you know, just give me one first and call it a day. But as long yeah. as you think he's not missing a full season or more. You gotta hold out for at least two, three, four first round picks, whatever you can get out of them. Well, the rumors is that Miami offered two first rounders, and I would have just taken that and just been done with it personally. And by the way, what's what's what? Where's the suspension at? Like, it, players have been suspended for less than this I, with no charges. I, so I don't get it. Yeah. I thought for sure they would hand down something, even if they didn't formally suspend them. I thought he would get put on the commissioner's exempt list, at least until it all worked itself out. Because right now we have no resolution either way. And like it seems like the, the Texans have kind of taken the ball out of the NFL's hands by being like, well, we're just not going to play him anyway. So it's not really a concern, I guess, yeah. in that regard. If the, Texans if, the Texans, were... if the Texans wanted to start him and he wanted to play, I think we'd see him suspended right now. But it is yeah. shocking because I told you earlier in the offseason that I thought for sure he was going to get a suspension closer to the regular season. I, I don't, I don't get it. Like Ezekiel Elliott got suspended for yeah dropped charges, and that was one but, charge. This is twenty two. But like we had talked about uh, separately and privately, I think the problem with that was like that. Even though you could say that set a precedent, he also fought that. And I think the NFL just doesn't want the headache. Like I said, I'm surprised they didn't just put him on commissioner's exempt list so he could still get paid, but like not counting against the roster, not formally be suspended. No, but they still, won't have to worry he's about He's on the 53 man roster and he yeah. won't get paid. It's insane, but I know. whatever. But that's why I thought they would go commissioner's exempt, but I'm surprised they didn't. But yeah, I guess we'll see how that plays out over the course of the season. Oh, well. Um, not my moving, to our, moving to our next division. We have the AFC East, 
And my third seed in the AFC leads the division, the Buffalo Bills at 14-3. and three. Then I have another playoff team, the five-seed Miami Dolphins at 11-6, and six, even without Deshaun Watson. Mm. Next up, Next up, I have the team with, spoiler alert, my pick for Rookie of the Year, the New England Patriots going 7-10. and 10. Again, despite the 7-10 and 10 record, I do think Mac Jones is going to get Rookie of the Year, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. And then pulling up the rear in the, in the AFC East, but making a lot of progress from last year, I have the New York Jets going 6-11, and 11, which I think would be a four-win improvement over last year, if I'm not mistaken. And I think Robert Sala is going to help that. I think they added some pieces, but I think the defense is still questionable and you still have a young quarterback. So I can't give them too many wins, but I think six and 11 is pretty good for a Jets season. What are your guys' thoughts on that division? Uh, I'll start. I think you pretty well hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, you know, would definitely go Bills, then Dolphins, then everyone else. Uh, so I pretty much n- and am in total agreement here. Yeah, I'm in an agreement as well. I think the Bills Bills would probably be my number one seed in the AFC. But um, I, I might flip the Patriots and Dolphins, not so much because I love Mac Jones, but because I'm not a big Tua guy. He was not as impressive to me as I was hoping. Uh, the Jets, I may put around three or four wins, honestly. But uh, yeah, Patriots... I mean, got the new quarterback. They already got rid of Cam Newton. And honestly, I think it has less to do with Mac Jones. I can't understand why people were like, I watched Cam Newton play last year. I thought he was laughably bad. And like the fact that people are like, oh, I can't believe they cut him. Like, really? I absolutely can. I can't believe they re-signed him. Like, that's where I'm at. The only reason I was surprised that they cut him is because, well, one, I thought they would want to give Mac Jones a little bit more time before throwing him into the fire. But then, two, I just figured, like, Cam's contract is pretty reasonable. If he was, like, a highly paid backup, I would say, all right, you you definitely got to cut bait. But Cam wasn't making a ton of money. I don't remember off off the top of my head what he was making, but I know he wasn't a very expensive deal. So it wasn't like a Kaepernick situation where it was like, oh, he turned down $16 million. It was like, I think Cam was on a, like I said, a relatively deal. I don't remember if it was like $3 million or whatever it was, but I know it wasn't much for a backup. So that's the only reason it surprised me that they cut him. But I, uh, it's no secret, if you've listened to this podcast, I'm a huge Mac Jones guy. I think he's going to be something special. And I think he is, uh, again, I'm, I'm not saying the rings, because I don't think anybody will ever match the ring total again. But I think as far as play style and his sort of ability to read a field, I think he could be very Brady-like and Brady Jr. in that regard. It's high praise. It is, but like I said, I think it's – people also don't realize, I feel like sometimes, that like Brady is – people always joke and they'll post the the old Brady-Michigan combine photo, but Brady really isn't an elite – I mean, he's an elite athlete, obviously. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But he's, he doesn't have at, like elite athletic traits for an NFL player. And that's where I think Mac Jones is too. Like Mac Jones very much looks like a kind of doughy, kind of dad bod guy. But I don't think you have to be the most cut or the fastest guy to be a great quarterback. And I think he's going to show that this year. Well, we will see. I We'll see how he does without like an elite offensive line, an elite running back, yeah. and elite wide receivers. 
But like I big, said, I big downgrade I, in wide receivers. I I never I never meant to like Mac Jones, but just watching the Waddle tape, watching the Smith tape when the Giants really needed receivers, he just jumped out to me with like I said, the way that he read the pocket, the way that like those guys are great, but he put the ball in the perfect spots for them too. Where like those guys could have been as great as they were, but if they have a quarterback, you know, throwing them wobbly balls or not putting the like balls in elite spots, then I don't know what they would have done. But uh, going back to Miami for one more second, I think I have I'm so high on Miami not because of Tua because I don't think Tua is all that great either, but I think they're a team that can sort of be what people think Washington is going to be, where they're like, all right, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't great, but he's going to manage the team to wins. I think that's what Miami can do with Tua. I think if you put Watson on Miami, to me, Miami becomes a Super Bowl favorite. And it's not just because of Watson. It's because I think that cast is that good around him. But time will tell. So that's the AFC East. Yeah, pulling I up, would agree. Pulling up the last division in the AFC, but not least. Although least if you look at my standings after the top team, is the AFC West. I have with the number two seed in the AFC playoff, the Kansas City Chiefs. Tying the Tennessee Titans at 15 and 2, but the Titans get the tiebreaker. Yeah. So that's how that came about. Okay. I, I I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I feel like it's hard for anybody to not say that they're elite, not say they're the favorites in the division. Um, second up in the division, I have the Chargers at eight and nine. I think Justin Herbert's still great, but I feel like they're another team that somehow always gets banged up. They're it seems like year to year one of the hardest teams to ever figure out. I think in my weekly picks, they're the team that's given me the most trouble ever. I think they're good and they lose. I think they're bad and they win. I never know how to read the Chargers. So eight and nine feels like they're about as balanced as I can get with them. Um, then I have the Denver Broncos. Oh, and the Chargers are not making the playoffs. The uh, Colts have the tiebreaker over them at eight and nine. The Denver Broncos are third. I have them at just five and 12. The Giants play them this week and they very well may kill Daniel Jones and make me look foolish and win by 30. I just don't see the Broncos hype that a lot of other people are seeing because I see a lot of people kind of referring to the Broncos the way that I refer to the Dolphins, which is like they're only a quarterback away and that like they have so much talent there and they're so special and this and that. And that if they just had a quarterback, they would be elite. I don't see it. I think the Broncos have a very good secondary, a very good pass rush. Some good weapons with Gordon and Judy and stuff. I just don't think that team is in a place to really compete with any of the good teams in like in football. And I like Bridgewater. I think he's talented. I think he's a solid quarterback. But I think he's also just perfectly average at best and sometimes not even that good. So I have them going a measly 5-12. and 12. Then pulling up the back of the division is a team that I usually like a lot. I don't – I just don't see the talent there, I guess, this year the same way. And it's the Raiders at 4-13. and 13. Overall, I've defended Gruden and Mayock and a lot of the moves they've made. But I think this is just one of those years that's just not in their favor, and they end up 4-13 and 13 in Vegas. Hmm. Man, that would probably get Gruden fired from his 10-year deal. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only reason he still has a job, if we're being realistic. But how many years do they have left at this point? What is he? He still has to have, what, five or six left, I think, after this year even, right? This is like year, what, three or four or something? I think this, this is, is year four. I think yeah. it's, it could be year three, actually. Yeah, so he's probably – so realistically, they can go 0-16, and, and unless Mark Davis is willing to eat all that money, which I doubt, he's probably keeping his job at least one more year. I don't know. Did you see Mark Davis's new house? 
I don't know, but I know he's looking to save money on haircuts. So. Yeah, I was well, gonna, like the house fun. is incredible looking. It looks like a spaceship. You should Google Oops. it. I will definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, uh, John, I would agree definitely with your first and second place. You could, I could maybe even be convinced, though, into flipping Denver and Vegas. That's how little I think of the Broncos this year. I'm glad somebody else is that low on them. <laughs> like uh, that that's not me saying oh you have the char- or the you have the raiders underrated no it's me saying maybe the broncos are a little overhyped <laughs> i'm just glad somebody thought that cuz like i said i i know they have a fierce fierce pass rushing duo and i fully expect the giants to struggle offensively this sunday but even still i don't see them being a great team overall i don't think their offense scares anybody and I guess we'll see. Time will tell. Um, m- moving over to the NFC now. Oh, wait a minute. This is year four for Gurdon in uh, Las Vegas. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I still don't think they want to eat six years of a contract. Well, they should but, have given him the contract in the first place. I'll I'll weigh in on the Broncos real quick. Uh, I kind of do think they're a quarterback away, but not as there's their talent still is not. As good as Miami's, but I think they're a, I think they're a quarterback away from playoff contention. Yeah, yeah. Of I course. don't think they're a quarterback away from being a threat to the Chiefs or the or no. the or the Bills or even the Browns necessarily. Like I would but, put, I would say they're like a quarterback away from being the fourth best team in the AFC. Yeah, but I would also take Tua, who still has a little bit of unknown to him. And has still had some good games last year. I would take him over Bridgewater, where I kind of know what I'm getting, and certainly over Drew Locke, who's garbage. So. Oh, I would, I would make that same trade too. I like, if I agree with you there. I think to, because Tua has that unknown to him still, but and Tua also was, you know, I think he's still working his way back into being comfortable off of the injuries. I mean, he may never be fully comfortable. He may never be what he was before the injuries. But I think with time, if he stays healthy, he could be. Who knows? Yeah, the uh, man Raiders four wins. You said that would. Uh, yeah. You know their tickets are the cheapest tickets. They're going for like six hundred dollars. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's because they're in a tour. Like, they're in the biggest tourist city, or I guess not the biggest tourist city, but like the biggest city specifically for tourism. Like that has no other purpose but tourism, really, in the whole country. So, like that makes a lot of sense, I guess. Because like it's not some it's it's almost like the MSG appeal of like we had Ranger season tickets for a while and no matter how bad the Rangers get no matter how bad the Knicks get Knicks and Rangers tickets are always expensive because people who come into New York want to go to the Garden for a game they want that mystique they've like done a good enough job of building up the brand and I think it's it's in a way that with the Raiders not that the Raiders themselves are the brand the same way but having that big spaceship in the middle of the desert. It's, I think it's the closest stadium to Jerry world as far as like the stadium. Like if that makes sense. It does, but you're uh, forgetting they are the headquarters of Allegiant airlines and uh, credit one bank. So <laughs> it's not all tourism. Sure. Um, and the shoe company Zappos. I think they're there too. All right. And I, and I was saying, I have a sibling who lives out there. And uh, he's doing really well for himself. So I know people can make a living out in Vegas. We nearly moved there prior to nearly moving to Ohio. 
back yeah, during the I, days when I was still married. I had a um, job offer to go out there, but just didn't pay enough. Yeah. All right. Getting off of our personal lives and back on to football. Uh, we're moving over to the NFC. The NFC North. This was a team that when me and Anthony had done our very way too early prediction shows, I had with like, I think seven months at the time or something. But that was because we didn't know what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Now we know. Aaron Rodgers is there. It's probably his last ride like The Undertaker. And I have them going an amazing 10-7. and seven. Mm. So, But but good enough to win the division and get the four seed in the NFC. Yeah. I don't – I think this might be the second worst division. No, maybe even the worst – no, probably the worst division in football. I think wins-wise they are my worst. Yeah. Behind the AFC South because I think Tennessee and India are both respectable. Let, let me yeah. ask. Is uh yeah. is the NFC North playing the NFC West this year? That I don't know. I, I don't was, I don't remember who plays who this year. I'm curious because you know if if your division leader is ten and seven, that's a bad sign. So I'm like I'm wondering where these losses are coming from. And we'll talk yeah. about that later, but you know But I actually don't have the bottom of the NFC North as horrible as people would think. Um yeah. in second place in the NFC North, I have Minnesota at seven and ten. They're another team that, like the Ravens, I usually root for. But I don't know. I think they're going to struggle. I don't fully trust Kirk Cousins. I think he's he's the big hamstring there for sure. There's some pieces on defense that I question, but really it comes down to I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I don't think their line is all that great either. I think Thielen and uh, Jefferson are an elite wide receiver duo. I think Cook is great, but I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. So I have him going just 7-10. and 10. Um, next up, I have the team that my favorite team, the Giants, own their first round pick, and that would be the Chicago Bears at six and eleven. And that was a relief to me because a lot of Giants fans were excited when we got that pick. Because I'm like, man, the Bears are going to be bad. The Bears are going to be terrible. This and that. And I was like, no, no way. The Bears were a playoff team last year with a really terrible quarterback situation. They have Andy Dalton, who's at worst, I feel like, on par with what Trubisky was for them. And they have Justin Fields, who can legitimately be a great quarterback if things fall into place. So I figured there was no way they were going to miss the playoffs. But again, it's just a matter of sometimes what you think teams are on paper, and then you see the schedule and it doesn't align. I there's They have a lot of teams that I think they're going to lose to. And so I have Chicago just going 6-11. and 11. Um, Then last in that division, no surprise, the team has probably got the second-worst roster in football on paper. The and people, some people will make a case for the first when you look at their pass catching targets. The Detroit Lions at four and thirteen, but I feel like the four is going to surprise people because I think people expect them to be a one win team or a two win team too. I think Goff still has potential. I think him and Hawkinson could become a fun fantasy pairing and put up some good real life stats too because that offense doesn't have a lot else to it. I think their defense has some guys with potential that I've liked in the past. Could be respectable. I think they could pull out wins here and there. They could get a surprise over Minnesota or Chicago, and then they would just have to find two on the rest of the schedule. So I had Detroit pulling up last at 4-13. and 13. You guys got any thoughts on the, a- the NFC North? Well, the uh, the failures of the Detroit Lions does not surprise me. Oh uh, God, Caleb's favorite team in football. Yeah, the Cens- Lions. censor that. <laughs> uh, ten and seven Packers. Uh, that, that still seems kind of low, man. And I don't respect the Packers. 
that does seem low. But you know what's I, another thing with I'm just gonna cut you off. Another thing with the Packers that I didn't realize until today, but makes sense because I feel like I haven't been as high as Aaron Rodgers as a lot of people. He had that amazing year last year for sure because he had that fire lit under him. I think from them drafting Jordan Love and went into full like I'll show you mode. Yeah. But the three straight years before that, and I know some of them he was banged up, but the three straight years before that, he never hit thirty touchdowns and never won more than one playoff game and only won one playoff game in those three years. So it's like, I think he's going to maybe come back down to earth a little bit and be a little bit closer to that Aaron Rodgers, which was still good because his interceptions were incredibly low. And I think he had at least 26 touchdowns two of those years. But I think he's going to come back to earth a bit. And I think that's why they still have a winning record. They still do well. I just don't think he lights the world on fire the way that he did last year. Hmm. I would say... I mean, the Packers will win by default. I mean, we did that. I, I posed the uh, the question in our group chat a couple weeks ago. Name a player on the Lions, not uh, Jared Goff. And we kind of struggled with it. But, uh, yeah, the so I think Packers just win based on rep. But they just reek yeah. of a one-and-done playoff team to me. And I think Aaron Rodgers... I know he's got the whole the whole chip on his shoulder argument, but there's the other side of that coin, which is when you put in your two week notice at a job, sometimes you don't always perform up to where you normally would be. Sure. So I think that's a possibility. Um, and the Bears, I have to comment on my my guy Justin Fields. I think I, I, when he was drafted, I thought it was a great situation for him, but then I watched the preseason and how much better he was than Andy Dalton. And how Matt Nagy seems to be an idiot who's like, nope, we're starting Andy Dalton. And I'm thinking like, mm, maybe this isn't the best situation because you have a coach who is probably going to get fired unless they have a dramatic turnaround. And I mean, to me, I, if you're thinking of firing a coach, just do it because they very rarely redeem themselves. So uh, it's just, it's never a good start when it's like, if Fields comes in and plays, but they still only have like five, six wins and they fire the coach. And it's like, now he has to learn another playbook. And that's just always a bad recipe. Yeah. And I mean, as a Giants fan, I hope they start Andy Dalton all year. That's, that's my dream scenario is I don't want to wish injury on Justin Fields. I just want to wish inept coaching on him. And so I hope they keep him benched the whole year. Give him a red shirt year. Give the yeah. Giants an even better pick with just... Andy Dalton throwing the ball. I would like to see him successful because I'm sick of the Ohio State's never had a great quarterback in the NFL narrative. By the way, neither is Florida, but no one ever says that. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, – or Alabama. But, yeah, the Bears, I don't know. I just how wish – Alabama's had two. They were just decades and decades well, ago. Yeah, That's how the last 30 – let's yeah. put it to the last 30 years, 1990. Fair yeah, it's just, I don't want him to fail, and I think like you know having a coach fired your first year is not a good start. And I don't think I mean look, it's not going to be his fault. It's just Matt Nagy's probably should have already been fired. But the fact that they backed their way into the playoffs kept him his job, which you know, whatever, we'll see. All right, coming up next, the defending Super Bowl champions. Hey, bro. yes, I- good. I am so sorry to interrupt, but I know we're going to talk about South, and I did just want to mention, you know, you know, here live, 
the NBC crew did just unanimously pick the uh, Bucks to win tonight against Dallas, for what it's worth. Ooh, All right. what, a hot, what a hot take. So, we'll, we'll see that when we get to the uh, the spreads in our weekly picks a little bit later. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, getting to the NFC South, I'll try to speed it up a little bit because I know the game is going to start in about 10 or 20 minutes from now as we're recording. Yeah. Um, NFC South, the third seed overall in the NFC is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them only 11 and 6. Mm. That might surprise some people because they did bring back all their starters from the Super Bowl. But I think people forget they were just a good but not great regular season team last year. They lost the division to New Orleans. I think they win the division this year, but I think their regular season record still isn't all that great. I think 11 and 6 is fair for them. Um, I think they're still a great team. I just think they're more of a team built for the playoffs than they are for the regular season. I think they also are cooler with taking regular season losses than some other teams might be. Not that they're going to ever tank on purpose or even bench Brady. I just think they're going to be more cautious with guys throughout the regular season, knowing that they have the experience already and are more worried about the playoffs. Um, then I have New Orleans at 9-8, and eight, but missing the playoffs. So they still have a winning, winning season without Drew Brees. Um, Winston redeems himself a little bit, but still not great. Nine and eight. Hmm. Um, then I have the Panthers who a lot of people are like shockingly high on. I don't get it. Um, five and 12. I don't, I haven't seen anything in Sam Darnold in his time in New York to think that he's going to be great. I know they have some good pieces on offense. I just don't think they're a very good team. So five and 12. And then last I have Atlanta. This is another team that kind of – like, all these bottom teams kind of surprise me with how low I have them, except for Detroit. Um, I have Atlanta at just 3-14, and 14, which I should have them higher just on the strength of the offense because I love Kyle Pitts still. Um, I think Calvin Ridley's really good. I think Matt Ryan's still got some juice left in the tank, but I just don't see them – I don't see a lot of beatable teams on their schedule, so I have them pulling up the rear at 3-14. and 14. And actually being the second worst team in football, which is kind of surprising. But what do you guys think about the NFC South? I think it's pretty cut and dry, man. Tampa's going to win and everyone else is going to uh, pretty much exist. Anybody think there can be another playoff team from the division? Or do you think it's just even New Orleans is kind of done with these entirely? Okay, I may be biased, but uh, I know what the NFC West looks like this year. And... Um, I mean, I think three of those four teams make the playoffs this year. Spoiler alert. So maybe, but I just can't be sure. All right. Eddie, you got any thoughts on the NFC South or should we just move on? Well, I quick question. Are we doing a Super Bowl prediction this episode? Yeah, I figured I would go all the way through since it's our, our big preseason. I want to get everything on record before the year starts. Okay. okay, then I'll hold off on my thoughts on Tampa. Right. But I will say this about the Saints. I, I do think the Buccaneers will win the division. I will say this about the Saints. Do you remember the Jameis one of one Twitter account? The guy uh, thinks Jameis Winston will be in the Hall of Fame. No. I think that ship has already sailed. But yeah, he wrote a book on how Jameis will be in the Hall of Fame one day and <laughs> still thinks this. And he... Uh, a couple years ago, we got into a debate over this, and people will still like randomly like tweets from that debate. And somehow he blocked me. Uh, <laughs> I I thought I won the debate. He probably thought he won the debate, but uh, 
debate on Twitter, so really nobody won. But I am actually interested in the Saints because this is my chance to finally say I did win this debate because this is the best situation for any new quarterback. Here's a Super Bowl-ready team with a great offense, and you're you're just stepping in. Uh, I'm going to cut you short on that one. I think Michael Thomas being hurt and missing at least probably the first quarter, if not first half of the season, I think that's a big blow, I think. And I no, forgot it is, about that. It is. But, but if, if he's able to come back, you know, it's a very good team. Yeah. And, you know, you're, I mean, Drew Brees was part of the problem why they weren't successful last year. Is, I mean, I, I love Drew Brees, but he just couldn't get the ball down the field. And yeah, for sure. If, you know, this is, uh, this will settle the debate because you got one year. And Jameis has been in the system. He he got to learn behind a future Hall of Famer. Now he's got the keys to a a great team. And yeah, and we'll see. And um, unfortunately, if you know, I if I win and he he plays poorly, and the Saints draft a quarterback for the first time in the first round since the seventies, then I hmm. uh, you know the guy blocked me, so I can't uh, <laughs> can't glow. Can't but glow I will still glow. On Twitter, you can believe that I will still, sure. you know, I'll use um, I'll use the EC Hero account and tag him and be like, <laughs> "I told you, yeah. told you this guy wasn't any good." I mean, he's clearly not going to make the Hall of Fame at this point. No Hall of Famer has started so poorly in their <laughs> career, but um, and even a Pro Bowler at this point, I don't think is uh, I think that's that's maybe his best hope. Yeah, the only other thing that I'll say is uh, I got to give Sean Payton credit though, because I feel like he. The one of the hallmarks of a good coach is like knowing where your talent is and like changing your team around to fit that. And I feel like the Saints' identity has kind of changed from a team, which kind of ha- is what happened with Peyton Manning over the course of his career when he went from Indy to Denver. But the Saints' identity, I feel like, changed from like offensive powerhouse are going to go blow for blow with anybody in the whole league. So I feel like now they're more of a defensive team. I feel like their defense scares people more than their offense right now. But We'll see what happens with them. Um, this is going to be my by far most controversial opinion in this whole thing. We're moving on to my home division, my absent brother Anthony DeBona's home division, the NFC East. And in the most shocking thing, I think, of all of my standings, I it's not who I have winning the division. It's that I have three teams making the playoffs from this division. Whoa! Yeah. And this is going to go a little bit to what I said. I feel like the uh, there's some depth in the NFC. Because like I said, I have teams like New Orleans and Nine and Eight missing out. Um, and when we get to later, I actually have Caleb's 49ers with a winning record of missing out. But it comes down to the tiebreakers. So, leading the NFC East with the second seed in the NFC, I actually reluctantly have the Dallas Cowboys at 12 and 5. Um, I think their offense is still going to be great, even though Dak has some health issues. I think their defense could be good enough, and that's why I have them winning the division at 12 and 5. Um, next up, with the sixth seed in the NFC, in the NFC, I have my personal favorites, the New York Giants. I have them going 11 and 6, which is probably going to surprise a lot of people. And I'm probably too high on them. Nine and eight is probably more realistic. But I just think they have so much talent on offense now 
that even though the line might be deplorable, even though Daniel Jones can't read a field if you gave him a translator, I don't even know what analogy I'm trying to make there, but Daniel Jones can't read a field to save his life. Um, I think they're going to improve enough, and I think their defense is going to be good enough, and their secondary can be Legion of Boom quality enough to where I think they can get 11 wins and finish second in that division and sneak into the playoffs. Um, right behind them, tied in the win-loss column, I have the Washington football team, or whatever they changed their name to, also at 11-6. and six. I don't buy the Fitzpatrick hype, but I also know that their quarterback situation was horrible last year, and they managed seven wins, so I don't know how I'm giving them an extra four, but I guess I kind of just like the pieces that they added in the offseason and that cohesion that they have. So I somehow have Washington finishing 11-6 and six and getting the last playoff seed in the NFC. Wow. Um, then this is probably the least surprising thing about the division. I have Philly on the bottom at 6-11. and 11. I think they'll find some wins. I think they have some talent there. I just think the rest of the division is too good, and they're just not a very good team. So Philly comes in last 6-11. and 11. Thoughts on my insane NFC East predictions? Okay, well, one, oh, can we swear on here or no? Uh, mild swearing. Okay. Well, seven. Uh, I guess I'll test the waters here. Well, the, right. fir- the first things first here. Until Washington gets a real name, I shall call them the dipshits. And uh, right. that's, that's fair enough. Okay. That being said, <laughs> I don't buy Washington as a playoff team, but but I, I I you know I put them in third. Your your standings are right. Uh, your wins may be a little high, but I would definitely go Dallas, New York, then Washington, then Philly. Um, so yeah, Dallas and New York get in and then spoiler alert, the other two wild cards come from the NFC West. That's fair. Eddie, any thoughts on the NFC East? I do. I, (laughs) I was actually reading a 2024 mock draft which uh i said was insane but i was going to read it anyway um they had the giants picking number one quinn ewers from ohio state who hasn't even played yet so (laughs) that's uh interesting but uh to make or break year for daniel jones i would uh say that's the case the cowboys i think are going to be overhyped as they usually are yes the football team, I think, will probably win the division. I think their quarterback situation is a little better than last year, but I'm not a big Fitzpatrick guy. I mean, we looked at like the Fitz. He had some some Fitz magic moments in Miami, but he also was at one point my quarterback in Tennessee and was really bad. So, if I mean. It just depends. I mean, maybe yeah, I mean, he's just, maybe their just quarterback situation will be worse. I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say as far as Fitzpatrick, um, I've seen people be like, oh, well, he's never had a supporting cast like this, this and that, and that might be true, but also he, I think he's in year 18. I don't think the 18th time is the charm. He's never made the playoffs before. He's I don't think he may have led teams to winning records. I don't remember, but he's never made the playoffs. That's for sure. So. When people say that, like, oh, well, he started really hot with Miami last year. I think if I remember right, he was, like, one and four with Miami. I know he definitely had a losing record in Miami last year. So, yeah, I don't buy the hype at all with him. Um, yeah, just, I just throwing that out there. 
love their their defense a lot. And oh, their, Eagles... their defense is incredible. But I think we kind of saw something similar from the Giants last year, which was like the Giants' defense at times last year looked out of this world. But then the offense was just so unbelievably bad; it didn't even matter. And not that I think Washington's offense is going to be as bad this year as the Giants were last year, but I just think I just don't buy the hype as much. But like I said, I still have them as a playoff team, so I don't want to sound like I'm talking too bad about them. Yeah, and with the Eagles, I, I feel like uh, Jalen Hurts might be the next Tyrod Taylor, a very good backup. That sounds that sounds like a realistic prediction. Yeah. Where it's like, because I don't, because I really don't think Hertz is going to be bad, but it's just weird to me how little faith Philly seems to ha- like have put in him. Because it really sounds like they're already looking for another quarterback, which I don't understand. Because I didn't think he was all that bad last year when he did hit the field. Um, all right, finishing up our regular season standings, we're going to Caleb's home division in the NFC West. Um, in what's probably not a big shock, I have the Rams winning the division, going fourteen and three, and getting the number one seed in the NFC. Then I have the Cardinals going 13-4, and four, getting the five seed in the NFC. Then I have Caleb San Francisco 49ers going 11-6, and six, but just missing out on the playoffs because of tiebreakers with the Giants and Washington football team. And then I have Seattle pulling up the rear at 6-11, and 11, which is, again, another one that, like I said, I'm, I'm just generally surprised by my bottom-of-the-pack picks because um, I don't think they're going to be that bad. But again, schedules are schedules, so I have them at six and eleven, partially because I think higher of the three teams above them. Mm. Thoughts? Okay, well, I will jump in. Um, I actually have this kind of flipped around a little. I've got Arizona getting the uh, winning the division and getting the one seed in the NFC. I have got the, and this may be bias, you know, whatever. I can't be subjective. But I've got the Niners getting the second spot in the division and would be the top, well, the five seed, the five seed. And I've got the Rams as the sixth seed. That's fair enough. I don't think there's any real issues with that. I think the, I think really almost the whole division can go either way. Because yeah. even with Seattle, which is the one that I have the least faith in, they have the best quarterback. Yeah. Like, and that, that definitely counts for something. They have the best quarterback. They probably have the best coach, too. Yeah. And anytime you have the best quarterback and the best coach, it's hard to really think that low of you. But... I will. I, I'm sorry to cut in, but uh, I will add that I think before week six, Trey Lance will be starting. That's that's part of what was affecting my picks for rookie of the year too, which we'll get to in a little bit. But mm-hmm. I don't know when Lance is going to come in. I don't know when Fields are going to come in. Like, I would assume for both of them it's earlier rather than later, but mm-hmm. is it going to be as early as, you know, week three or four, or is it going to be as late as, you know, week 10 or 11? I guess we'll have to see, because I know San Fran still seems to like Jimmy for whatever reason. Um, well, he'll get hurt week two, and then <laughs> the real rookie of the year, Trey Lance, will take over and guide the 49ers to the third best team in the division. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, yeah. Eddie, do you have anything to add to the NFC West? Well, I, yeah, I, I kind of, okay, yeah, the Rams. I think the Rams had better be good, like because they have taken their draft picks for the next ten years and traded them away for players to win now. Yeah, and I, I don't know. They just they better be good. That's all I'm gonna say. They, uh, 
They've got so much talent. They might be the most talented team in the NFL. So the Super Bowl, that's uh, it's going to hurt. <laughs> so they'd better win that division is all I would say. Okay. Do you have uh, do you have any other teams out of the division making the playoffs this year? Uh, no, just the Rams. I'm not oh. a uh, Cliff Kingsbury guy, so I don't think the Cardinals will. Um, yeah. All right, so we might as well just move on to the playoffs now. Yeah. Um, I know you guys said you don't have your standings in front, so before I go week by week, because obviously our predictions won't be exactly in line as to what the games are. Um, do you guys just want to run down who you think are going to be the conference the conference championship games and your Super Bowl? Or if you want to go further than that, you're more than welcome to. But like I said, I know if you don't have your papers in front of you, it might be easier to just go conference championships and Super Bowl. I will say this. I have um, in the NFC, I have proceed or no, pardon me, the, the three-seed Buccaneers, because the Cowboys are my four-seed. I have the four-seed Buccaneers facing the, again, bias at work here, five-seed 49ers. Um, and in the AFC, I am going Bills and Chiefs again. Eddie, what about you? Hmm. It's... Okay, I'll start with the NFC, because I'm still so very undecided on the AFC, but... You know, every year, not every year, but most years, it seems like the the people on the ESPN and everything, they always say, well, it's very hard for a team to repeat, but if any team can do it, it's the Buccaneers, it's the Packers, it's the Chiefs, and guess what? They don't, and they won't this year, so I do not have the Buccaneers making the Super Bowl out of the NFC, I, I could see them in the uh, you know the NFC Championship game, but I believe the representative of the NFC in the Super Bowl will be the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. All right, I'm on board with both of you guys, so I'm just going to run through my that I have my whole playoff bracket in front of me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make it quick, and then we'll talk about our Super Bowl predictions. So for me, in the first round. I have the four-seed Browns defeating the five-seed Dolphins. I have the third-seed Bills defeating the six-seed Steelers. And then I have the number two-seed Chiefs defeating the number seven-seed Colts. In the NFC side of things, I have the five-seed Arizona Cardinals defeating the four-seed Packers. I have the three-seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unfortunately, taking out my six-seed New York Giants. I have the Giants making it, but being not even one and done, they don't get any. Yeah, they get no wins. Then I have the two-seed Cowboys defeating the seven-seed Washington football team. Um, In the divisional round, I have the three-seed Buffalo Bills defeating the two-seed Kansas City Chiefs in Avenging last year. I'll have Eddie's Tennessee Titans defeating the Cleveland Browns in the other end of the AFC. (laughs) Then I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the Cowboys. And the Rams defeating the Arizona Cardinals, which was a hard one for me to pick because I've been hyping up the Cardinals a lot. Um, in my last show with Anthony, I had the Cardinals. Well, like I said, we did our way too early predictions. I think it was like early into free agency or right after the draft or whatever it was. Um, I had the Cardinals winning it all or at least making it and losing to Buffalo. But 
I think the Rams, like you said, they went all in. So I think I got to give them a little bit more credit. I think they can upset or not upset, but I think they could beat Arizona in the playoffs. Um, then in the conference championships, I'll have this is where Eddie's going to be upset. I have the Buffalo Bills defeating the Tennessee Titans. Hmm. And I have the Rams upsetting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. And so my Super Bowl matchup is the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. And I have the Buffalo Bills finally winning one. Tables abound. The Bills win a title. Even though I'm a Giants fan, I'm saying it now. If the Bills were to win a Super Bowl, I would jump through a table. <laughs> so hold Bills you win it all. What about you guys? Well, okay. First off, I will hold you to that if the if the Bills do win the Super Bowl. Uh, I going to the Super Bowl. And you know what? I'm just – I'm so deep in it right now with the bias. And, you know, you can laugh at me, you know, three months, two months, one week down the line. If you want to, that's fine. I'm going Niners here. Bills and Niners in the Super Bowl. And let's go all the way with it. You know, miracles do happen. You know, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen the Giants pull it off. We've seen the Giants pull it off. We saw the Steelers do it in 2006. Your your Super Bowl Fifty Six champions, the San Francisco Forty ers out of Santa Clara. You know what? I'm not even going to hate you because I like your uh, commitment to your team. I wish I could be that bullish on the Giants, but uh, I just got to say the the likelihood of them making it actually doesn't surprise me because I can see like that team's been hot in the past. They've won despite injuries, which a lot of teams haven't done. Yeah. So, especially if Lance looks as good as he can look, I wouldn't be shocked to see San Fran in a big spot and running the table and getting all the way there. Well, I, mean, I, just, I don't sorry. think they have the magic to finish if they get there. You know, the yeah. I, just, I think that's where it's going to be. Even though we've seen it before with teams like the Giants, I think that's going to be where skill takes over. Because I don't, I mean, maybe they'll look into a situation like Tampa kind of did last year where like the Chiefs' whole O line got hurt the week before. Yeah. But, but I, I think, I think San Fran could make it, but I think it would take a rash of injuries for the like to the Bills for San yeah. Fran to then win that game. I mean, I will say this: um, we have seen what the Niners have been like recently. This Niners team, when they weren't bitten by the injury bug, you know, they had the one of the best football teams we've ever seen before in the the nineteen twenty Chiefs. You know, on the ropes with six minutes left in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an insane pick. Uh, no rookie quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl, and that will continue. Even though he's my rookie of the year, he's not going to win the Super Bowl. You don't, you don't think Jimmy G could uh, carry them? Uh, Jimmy G will be long injured by this point. He, he'll be in a, a, a cold storage locker with a toe tag. Bef- you know. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so I already said Rams in the Super Bowl for the NFC. AFC is very tough because you have the I feel like there's three teams and you have the the Bills, the Chiefs and the Titans. I think <laughs> if the Titans defense is for real like in the preseason, it'll be them, but it's so hard to judge based on preseason. Is was that a mirage or not? Yeah. Um so I'm going to um and the with the Chiefs it's it's hard to make it three years in a row. I mean, that's what I'm really basing it on. Uh, plus, I don't know if they did enough to. I don't know. It's just hard to go three years in a row. Um, yeah, I just I like what the Chiefs did with their with their line a lot. 
to upgrade yeah. it. It's just like you said, I think time I don't and I don't really know why, because it's not like they're an old team really, but maybe just the tread of so many playoff games and stuff. Um that's why I have them like I said, I have them winning in the first round, but then losing in the second and Buffalo and Tennessee going at it for the Super Bowl. Because it's just hard to think that the Chiefs are gonna stay that good for a third year. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Bills and Rams too, just to avoid the jinx. So mm. uh, <laughs> but if the disclaimer is if the Titans defense is even like decent, I think they would stand a, a very good chance with that <laughs> offense. So, so two of our three pickers here, myself and you, I am going full bias and you're going full reverse jinx on your Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to act like I'm paid for the show, trying to be as unbiased as I can, but. But still, mm-hmm. having having my Giants in the playoffs might be enough of a bias of its own. Um, all right, now that we did our full predictions and standings, let's just finish off our predictions for the year with our individual awards. Oof. Um, the only one I forgot to pick was Coach of the Year, which I'll figure out right now. But Matt Nagy. I'll just I'll, I'll I'll mention a name. You guys give me a yay or nay. Yeah, Matt Nagy. Um. Offensive rookie of the year. I have Mac Jones for the Patriots. I think I think he's the best quarterback of the rookies, no matter what. Maybe Lawrence is better, but I think he has a better better pieces around him than Lawrence. So I've been bullish on him the whole time. I'm saying Mac Jones takes rookie of the year now that we know he's starting from day one. Yeah, I already said Trey Lance, and if the 49ers winning the Super Bowl, I'm going to assume that's who Caleb has too. Yeah. Uh, look, I could be talked into Mac Jones, but Trey Lance is going to win. Uh, sure. But I'm, like I said, I'm just going with the fact that Mac Jones has it from day one. And the other thing too, is we know now that rookie of the year is not an actual rookie of the year award because Justin Jefferson didn't win it last year. Hmm. Um, rookie of the, and Zeke Elliott didn't win it the year of the deck and him were both rookies. Rookie of the year is just a matter of who's the best rookie quarterback basically. And I think Mac Jones has a shot of putting up the best numbers of all the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, defensive rookie of the year. I have Zayvon Collins from Arizona. I love the pieces around him so much with Isaiah Simmons, who I was super high on last year and we didn't even have the podcast yet. Um, I think Chandler Jones is incredible. Plus, J.J. Watt might have something left in the tank. I don't know how much. Buda Baker is really great. So I think having all those guys around him is going to let them get creative with Zayvon Collins. and I think he's going to get some interceptions. He's going to get some sacks. I think he'll have – like to win defensive rookie of the year, you kind of need numbers. And I think he's going to have numbers and flashy plays enough to win it. So I have Zayvon Collins in Arizona. Mm. I will uh, admittedly did not, I did not do enough research here, so I will have to abstain. Fair enough. I am going to, I'll do a little bit of bias here. Why not? I'll say Caleb Fairley for the Titans, you know, he's got a good name. Yeah. The name is really what's holding him back. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, look, he um, he's coming off an injury. He would have been supposedly this top 10 player, and everybody thinks he can be a um, a starter right away, and they think his injury is fine and it won't hinder him at all. So, look, if if the Titans, who were really thin at secondary, uh, can add a supposed top 10 draft pick, then, yeah, why not? That's a that's a fair pick. I was tempted to go with Aziz Ojolari from the Giants because 
People said he was going to be a first-round pick if his injuries all checked out. He managed to slip to them, not just in the second round, but after they traded back into the second round. And they're so devoid of pass rushers that I think they he's going to have a chance. And I, but I don't, I just don't think his sack numbers are going to be high enough is what it comes down to for me. So that's why, like I said, I think Collins has the flashier stats. Um, now, this is what's going to be a little odd. Well, not the first one because this is not a shock to anybody, I think. Defensive player of the year, I'm just going Aaron Donald. Um, I think he's the best defender in football, and he may face a little bit of LeBron James syndrome where it's like voters are just tired of voting for him even though they know he's the best. And that's kind of what happens with Tom Brady too. To an extent. Um, but, yeah, I'm still saying Aaron Donald for defensive player of the year. Hey, you know, we've been pretty biased so far, so uh, why not keep up at it? Oh, Jesus Christ. The returning Nick Bosa. That's 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 fair though. I think he could definitely be in it because he could pile up the stat the sacks, and I think his brother could always be a candidate too. Hmm. I I like I like those two brothers, but I'm gonna go with the other one at a defensive end university of Chase Young of the Ohio State. Ooh, that is a that is a very solid pick. Also homerism because you are an Ohio State guy. It but, is, but uh, you know, he's not really going against uh, but it's the most elite yeah. quarterbacks in the <laughs> division. Yeah, I say getting to face Andrew Thomas with how he's looked. Although he he did a decent job against them in their in their meetings last year, but I could I could see that for sure. Um, offensive player of the year again. This should not be a shock to anybody. But it might be a shock because my offensive player of the year is not my MVP because I know there's been years where they kind of do that, where they're like, these two guys are so close in the MVP race that we're just going to give offensive player of the year to whoever we're not giving MVP to. So I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes gets offensive player of the year. Um, again, I think voters are maybe a little bit afraid to give him another MVP, even though he'll probably deserve it. So Patrick Mahomes for uh, for offensive player of the year. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown, I think, right? Yeah, Antonio Brown just caught a deep ball in the game, which is yep. crazy. Uh, you, love when good, you love when good things happen to good people. Yes, <laughs> yes, good oh, people. No, sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't that deep of a ball. It looked more impressive because I only glanced up for a second. I think it was like 20 yards or something. But still, Antonio Brown out there catching passes week one is scary. Yep. Oh, and he caught another one. Eddie, let me ask you a question. Are uh, you also watching this game on mute? No, I'm a professional. Well, <laughs> I'm not, so. Uh, I, 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 put, I put the game on like after like a minute in, but yeah. Uh, freaking Antonio Brown. Um, okay, I got a couple more awards to go real quick. Uh, no. comeback, player, comeback Player of the Year, which I think this is where Caleb's guy, Nick Bosa, is a great candidate. Mm. But I'm going to give it to, again, awards tend to lean towards quarterbacks. I'm going to give it to Joe Burrow. Okay. I think he's going to have a good year yeah. for Cincy. I think they're going to feel a little bit like they kind of owe him for him not getting a real ch- chance at Rookie of the Year last year. Um, I think Joe Burrow wins Comeback Player of the Year and looks good for Cincinnati. It's not a bad pick. Uh, unfortunately, he's going up against some tough teams in that division, so that'll be hard. Um, man, I might go... Based on yeah. this game, you might want to go Antonio Brown. Can, uh, can being in your own way hold you back from getting cut back player of the year? Because <laughs> Antonio Maybe. Brown is having um, himself a game in the first quarter. Yeah, I'm. I'll 
I'll go with uh, Burrow, even though I think Bosa will have the better year. You know, it's really hard to compare defensive ends and quarterback, but I think you're right. They just go quarterback. They tend to go quarterback. So, all right, Jesus, I'll make, uh, I'll make it a trifecta. All right, sounds good. Um, last but not least, MVP. I have Josh Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. Ooh, same. All right, I agree. And coach so of the year, he won't win then. Yes. <laughs> um, coach of the year, I got to look at who I have where. Um. You know what? This is where I'm going to put on my Homer hat. I'm going to say Joe Judge gets coach of the year. I love the guy. I think if the Giants can get 11 wins, I think he could be in the conversation. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and just say it. Joe Judge, coach of the year. Well, to me, it's wild that, you know, I'm thinking this could happen. But his past accomplishments. But given what I project he will do with his team this year, I'm giving the award to Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys. That's that's not such a surprising pick. I actually thought you were going to say Bill Belichick. No. Um, which I think if they win the division could. I think Brian Flores is another good candidate too because I think, like I said, I'm, I'm high on Miami outside of the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> went almost a, went over an hour without needing the cough button. But <laughs> thanks to Anchor, we don't have one. So there's my cough. Yeah. Um, all right. Now we're, we're running long, but you guys want to quickly do our picks for week one? I'll throw in my coach of the year. Uh, normally it goes oh, yeah, to a sorry, surprise man. team, but I can't, for the life of me, I cannot justify any just, team that I think is going to be bad being a surprise just say, team. Just say Joe Judge. Just go for it. Go for Joe yeah. Judge. He's going to say Sean McVay. You know what? Sean you know, McVay would have been the safe pick, I feel like. Uh, I think the Rams are going to get the number one seed, but people expect yeah. them to be good, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm go with this one. I'll go with Robert Sala. Ooh. Why not? Oh, that's a that's a very good pick. I think if, if the Jets can get like seven wins and yeah. uh, Zach Wilson looks halfway decent, why not? I mean, just that's, based on the fact that the Jets have been irrelevant forever, that that could definitely be a good one. Especially when you talk about like yeah, it usually goes to a coach of a team who surprises people. Um, I think Kingsbury and Arizona could get it too for similar reasons. I mean, obviously they're much higher; they have much higher expectations than the Jets do. But I think Sal is a good pick. I'm certainly not mad at it as a as a Niners homer, of course. Yeah. I would not be mad at that one bit. Does Shanahan have a coach of the year yet? I feel like I mean I, I think have, he kind of should have that off of what was it last year or whenever I, they were like good, but decimated. I think, I think he got it in nineteen twenty uh, nineteen and twenty when we went to the Super Bowl. Okay, so that makes sense. All right. Because I be, like I said, I'm just trying to think too. I know voters Unless you're really, really special, they generally, I feel like, don't like to repeat things except for when guys are like, you know, the Peyton Mannings of the world or the Tom Brady's and the real. Like, they have to think of you as a Hall of Famer already almost to give you the award multiple times. Um, all right, so getting into our week one picks. We'll go straight up picks and we'll go against the spread. Okay. If that's what happens, I have everything in front of me. I'm assuming so, we can't pick the uh... – Bucks and Cowboys and someone yeah, else. Yeah, we'll skip this since the game's already being played. Um, I'm going to give myself an L just because I like to track all the games all season. Yeah. Um, I can say honestly that because I hate the Cowboys and I do like the Bucks, that I would have picked the Bucks tonight. I would have had the Cowboys covering the spread seven and a half. Ooh. Um, so I would have had Dallas to cover, 
but I would have had Tampa Bay winning. Mm. So just to get that out there, like if, but like I said, I'll just take the loss on the standings because the game's already being played and Tampa Bay is actually up by seven right now. So, yeah. um, so let's go to the rest of the week though. Okay. Jacksonville and Houston. Jacksonville's a two and a half point favorite. Who do you got winning? And then the spread. Jacksonville wins and covers. All right. I, I'm with you on that one. I believe Houston will win and everybody will be like, oh my gosh, are the Texans for real? And it's like, <laughs> LOL, no, week one's just crazy and has a lot of crazy upsets like <laughs> the Jags and beating the Colts last year. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, then we have the Chargers. Uh, they're just one point favorites over Washington. Um, you guys can go first on that because I don't, I'm still kind of torn. Okay, uh, Washington will win, thus they will also cover. All right. I'll go with Washington strictly because they're at home. All right. Um, yeah, I guess – no, you know what? I'm going to go Chargers. I feel like the Chargers are one of those teams that is never healthy. This is as healthy as they'll probably be. So I'm going to say the Chargers, and obviously with a one-point spread, I'll say they cover. Um, next up. We have Seattle at Indy. Seattle are two and a half point favorites. Um, Carson Wentz is playing this week, right? Last we heard. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick Indy. And obviously by picking them, they also covered the spread. Mm. Seattle. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'll pick Indy. Home underdogs is, uh, you know, tough. That was the whole uh, the whole Eagles rallying cry the the year that they won the Super Bowl was home dogs gonna eat, yeah, that's, uh, because that's... they were constantly home underdogs and they were winning anyway. So. Seattle yeah. to win and cover. Ooh, all right. Next, this to me is like I want to say the lock of the week, even though it probably shouldn't be. But Carolina is a five point favorite over the Jets. I'm taking the Jets to cover for sure. Um, I think the Jets win too. I'm less sure of them winning than covering. I think it could be a field goal game either way. But I think the Jets win and co- and you know, I guess not cover, but I guess the Jets win and hence you know, Carolina doesn't cover. Yeah. Uh, uh Panthers, Sam Donald revenge game. <laughs> Fair enough. With it being, uh, you said a five point line. Yeah, it's a five point line. Carolina's going to win, but they won't cover. All right, so we all have different picks on that. Um, Then we have Minnesota, three-point favorites over Cincy. Um, I'll take Minnesota to win and cover, as high as I am on Joe Burrow. I agree. Same. All right. Then we got Arizona at Eddie's Tennessee Titans. The Titans right now are three-point favorites. Um. I'll let Eddie pick first since it's his team. Oh, man. Titans win and cover. You know, I just... uh, Everybody's going to be excited for the new offense. Can't lose that game. Well, and so with the Titans being the... uh, Having the uh, favorite here, I'm picking the Cardinals to win because I respect them. So, yes, they will cover as well. I do not respect them. Um... I'm going to say the Titans win, but I'm going to pick Arizona with the spread because I think it's going to be a very close game. I could see it being, you know, 
just a last second field goal that wins it for Tennessee because people are surprised. <laughs> that it, was um, it won't be that with our kicking history. <laughs> well, you finally got it. You got to get it back at some point. So I hope I'm going to say Tennessee wins, but Arizona covers the, uh, and wins, but, uh, just on for back Rob Baronis. Yeah. Um, now we have Caleb. Tied for the biggest favorites of the weekend. Seven and a half point favorites over the Detroit Lions. Um, Boy. Caleb, you can start with that one. Uh, is it possible to double cover? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're winning by more than seven and a half. I guess that, pal. Yeah, Ooh, you can, you can, you can buy a bigger spread. Mm. Yeah. You can yeah, you can tease the line, right? Yeah. Nice, yeah. I may uh, take that up to like twelve to be honest with you. That's that's wild to me. Um but, and I'm uh, reckless with uh, money and I'm a home. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um I'm gonna say for that game that obviously San Francisco wins. I think Detroit covers though, because oh. I think it's kinda like what Eddie said with Houston and Jacksonville. Um, but I think San Francisco is a lot better than either of those two teams. But I think people don't know what Detroit is. Like I said, I don't think they're going to be good, but I think Goff and Hawkinson could hook up a couple times. And the defense, if Jeff Okuda decides this is his year, he's going to be a shutdown corner, could maybe make a play or two and maybe make it interesting. Um, they could also just get blown out and do that, you know, weird, like come back and still lose by a touchdown at the end of the game because seven and a half is kind of a big spread. So I'm going to say San Fran wins Detroit. On the uh, line. I think this will be one of those wild games where it's like, how did this happen? And Detroit wins money line. I want them. I don't even need the points, but I'll take them. But uh, yeah, it, uh, the 49ers will finish with a much better record than Detroit. But this is just one of those week one games that'll be wacky. Yeah, week, week one is always that like you don't know what teams are and yeah, especially it, teams uh, with especially teams. That's the other thing too. Especially teams with new coaches, new quarterbacks. Like that's yeah. why I do think Detroit could upset because it's like Matt Campbell is going to be biting his kneecaps and firing <laughs> those guys up, and they're at home, so they yeah. could definitely pull the upset. I'm tempted to just go full upset, but you know what? I I can't do it. My brain is going to win over my heart. Look, if Ohio say, gets but, sports betting, which they are expected to. I I'm excited for it, but I will never bet on week one of the NFL. I think we formally have it, but the apps haven't been allowed yet. So the whole thing is weird. I don't know. Or maybe we just okayed it, but it didn't officially go through yet. Mm. I know there was rumors that we were supposed to have it like basically by December, but nothing's mm. been made official yet. So you can't legally bet New York yet. I think we're voting on it in like November or something. I'll be at uh, I'll be at dynamite in Newark this week though. So if I remember, which I probably won't, maybe I'll throw a couple of dollars on the week two games. Nice. Um, all right. So next up we have Buffalo six and a half point favorites over Pittsburgh. Um, mm. I'm going to take Buffalo to win Pittsburgh to cover. Same. Sorry. What was the line again? Six and a half for Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's going to be closer than that. Buffalo wins, but they don't cover. All right. Um, this to me is another pretty easy one and maybe i'm being biased because it's my division but philly and atlanta they're at atlanta but atlanta's a three and a half point favorite i'm taking philly to win and cover yeah philly is gonna win and cover yeah i'm not a big philly 
guy, but I just don't think Atlanta's very good. Atlanta's going to be awful. Yeah. All right. But it is week one, so I could be wrong, and then Atlanta will get a yeah. big win. Yeah, I was say, because I like, as a Giants fan, I hope Philly's horrible because they left such a sour taste in my mouth the way last year ended, and they're just the Eagles, so I already hate them. Yeah. But I can't believe that they're that much worse than Atlanta um, to be more than three point underdogs. And I, like I said, I think they're just going to flat out win too. Um, then we have Cleveland at Kansas City. This is another line that's like surprisingly high. Kansas City six and a half. Ooh. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and take Cleveland for both. Okay, so here's the thing about Kansas City, and I have, you know, being here in Oklahoma, being three hours away from Kansas City, I have a lot of friends who are fans of the Chiefs, and they tell me all the time, the Chiefs are notorious about not covering the line. And so I, I don't think they will cover the line here, but I do think they will win. Eddie, what say you? Uh, this is a tricky one. Big Browns revenge game, but I don't think the Chiefs lose week one at home. And I think they will cover. Uh, it'll be a close game, but, you know, like a touchdown, I still sure. get it. And my uh, the line I'm showing is five and a half, but, you know, whatever. That's why I, that's why I think Cleveland is going to win. So I think Cleveland's going to be in that, like, I think it's going to be a playoff game with Cleveland where it's not going to be to Kansas City. Not that I think Kansas City is going to be sleeping on them or anything necessarily. I just think Cleveland's going to be so fired up that they're going to be like, we got to get this and they're going to get it. And I don't think it'll mean much come playoff time, but I think it'll be a good start for the Browns. Hey, since the Cowboys just tied it up, can we pick that line again? No. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll say if it's, if it's an even line, you know what? We can pick it before we go off the air, sure. Okay. I was going to pick Tampa plus seven or whatever they were. What's the line? It's uh, Tampa seven and a Sorry, half. Tampa minus seven and a half. Plus right. seven is an easy gimme. Yeah, Tampa yeah, Tampa's going to win in cover. All right. I'm still saying Tampa's going to win, but Dallas is going to cover. Um, all right, so we got a couple more games still. Um, Green Bay on the road are four-point favorites at New Orleans. Uh, yep. You guys can start with this because I am i don't know how to what to do with this. Well, I think Aaron Rodgers has to come out and at least start the season as if he's not on the uh, – put in his two-week notice. And, uh, you know, I have to, uh, I need, I need myself to be right that Jameis Winston is actually not good. So, uh, he's a stat compiler, both good and bad stats, mostly bad. And yeah, I think the Packers roll. I mean, Aaron Rodgers against Jameis Winston, like get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) This one, the easiest ones for me. Yeah. Yeah. Roll, pack, roll. Packers win and cover. All right. I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to go with Eddie's uh, way-too-early narrative idea and say that New Orleans wins, and obviously then they get the spread um, because they're four-point dogs at home. Partially because of the home dog's going to eat thing, but then partially because I think it's just fate seems to make it where ESPN is going to have a whole week to talk about how, like, (laughs) did Aaron Rodgers lose a step when he was holding out? Are the Packers really done because he was holding out? And just ignore that, like, no, the Saints defense is just really good. People are going to overreact to everything early on. Like, the Packers will still find their way. And I think this is part of, like I said, I have them going, I think, 10-7. and seven. Um, I think they New Orleans gets to win. New Orleans will be excited to be home. That's ESPN, what happens there. man. 
Oh my god, Michael Irving on first take. <laughs> Did you real quick? I, uh, I, I like don't watch those hot take shows anymore. I watch the Michael K show on Yes, and that's basically all that I watch. Real quick, did, did you see where uh, Paul Pierce is like, I quit ESPN because they made me talk about LeBron too much? And... <laughs> it's it's believable though. Yeah, they, they. It's LeBron. It's well, it's I say it's the old Skip Bayless thing. It's LeBron. It's the Cowboys. It's Tom Brady. It's uh, oh, really I, not yeah. much else. Ignore follow, baseball. Ignore hockey. Yeah, I follow Skip on Twitter, and it's like NBA season never ends. There's nothing to talk about. And it's like <laughs> Kawhi. Kawhi posted some to Instagram. You, you couldn't pay me to come up with a take like that's like, I don't care. You can give me a thousand dollars. Like, what do you think about Kawhi's workout on Instagram? Like, I, I got nothing. I, I can't. Hey, Ed Hockley has a son as a ref. Yep. I feel like I saw that last year, a couple of years ago. Antonio Brown, three receptions, 71 yards already. Jesus Christ. Oh God, it's not killed. even the end of the first yet. Bro, he is killing in a PPR league. That's wild. Um, all right, we got four more games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, Denver Broncos at New York Giants. Denver's three and a half, uh, not three and a half, sorry. Denver's three point favorites. This is all according to FanDuel Sportsbook as of today, um, when I looked this up, which was around seven o'clock p.m. So, Denver's three point favorites over the Giants. I'm obviously biased being a homer, but I'm going to take the Giants just flat out and to cover because I don't think Denver's that good and I don't see it. I know I think Denver's going to get sacks. I think they're going to make the Giants' offense look bad. I think it's going to be annoying, but I think the Giants still win in a close game. Yeah, yeah Giants win. Teddy Bridgewater always seems to cover, but I would never bet on this game <laughs> <laughs> if I could. Like we like we said roughly an hour ago, you know, I just don't buy the hype in Denver. Uh, Giants. Cover. All right. I like it. Um, Miami at New England. New England, two and a half point favorites. Um, I'm going to take Miami on that because I think they're the better team, even though they're in New England. Yeah. And even said, though I love Mac Jones. You said New England is the uh, favorite here? Yeah, two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Miami wins and covers as a result then. All right. Uh, yeah. I think Miami wins. I just, that's a tough first start for. Uh, Mac Jones, that's a tough defense to go against. Um, second to last, we have our night games for this first week are really, really bad. Besides this Thursday night, <laughs> at least, at least on paper. Yeah. Um, we have the Chicago Bears at the LA Rams. Rams are getting uh, their seven point favorite. Hey, this is a rematch of the uh, Slime Bowl. <laughs> yeah. No, wasn't the Slime Bowl the Bears and the Saints? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Was- yep. They're doing it again this year. I hope I get the lucky game, bro. I, I like to think that uh, I like to think that when Mitch was, you know, trying to shop around for new con, used the MVP award as a bargaining chip. He he must have. Yeah. Well, you you know how many kids will buy my jerseys after this? Hey, how many MVPs do you have on your roster? Hey, not not for nothing. Mitch looked pretty good for Buffalo in the preseason. That's good. I don't um, think Mitch is as terrible as everybody made him out to be. It was just a bad situation. Yeah. Those people are going to constantly rag on him because of who he got drafted over. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, <laughs> I said that. Yeah. That's kind of the worst decision. That's one of the few things that like sucks about being a Giants fan, too, is knowing that Ben McAdoo is apparently pushing cards for Mahomes. But at least, like, I don't know. It's I, I can't really say much, I guess. But it sucks that they weren't able to get him. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. And I'll take the Rams to cover. I know seven's a lot. I don't usually like big spreads, but I'm going to take the uh, the Rams and the Rams cover too. Yeah, I would take the Rams plus ten and a half if I could. But <laughs> I just uh, – I'm, I'm a big Matt Stafford guy. I've always liked him, and I think I'm glad he's finally getting a chance to be on a good team. See, I'm, I'm not – I just think – say I'm not. I just think that he has enough around him that he – He's going to be better than Goff, so. Oh yeah, I mean his his stats are very very good even with Detroit. So we'll yeah. see. Rams have no excuses though, and I'm I'm buying into them, and I'm sure they'll finish like third in the division. So. Well, I bought it. On that one. This is uh, this is about uh, this whole thing's been about respect, and I respect the Rams a lot more than I respect the Bears. So Rams win and cover. All right, and then with our piping hot Monday night game, Ooh. that looks good enough on paper to maybe wa- make me watch Raw, despite how bad that's been. <laughs> hey, I um, want to see that new arena. <laughs> people. Yeah, I guess that can make a difference. That that might swing my vote, but probably not. That would get um, me kickoff. <laughs> the Ravens are on the road at the Raiders. The Ravens are four and a half point favorites. Um, I'm going to say Ravens win, but the Raiders cover the spread because they're home and they'll, their fans will be excited and they'll lose back a field goal or something. Okay. Well, for, uh, to set us up for overreaction Tuesday, the Raiders win in, uh, I won't say dominant fashion, but the Raiders win by two scores, man. Ooh, that's a, that's a bold prediction. Yeah. Go Raiders go. I think they'll, uh. I think they'll win. Just be another one of those crazy week one games. Plus, Ravens have so many injuries, and you can't lose your first game in front of fans. I mean, if anyone could, it'd be the Raiders, but got to give them something, man. All right. Fair enough. We got our regular season predictions. We got our week one predictions. We got our postseason predictions. Everything's out on the table. Before we go, I'll ask one more football-related question. Do... You guys want to give one, because this is a segment they do on the Giants podcast, uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live, that I like. Do you want to give one bold prediction for the season? It could be about any team, any player, anything, just something that would be bold that nobody else is going to think of. Um, look, I don't want to possibly jinx anyone, and I'm not going to wish this on anyone. but. I don't think Tom Brady finishes the season. Ooh. That I don't is know how bold. bold this one particularly is. Um, but I'm going to say, before I give the prediction, please, uh, if you enjoyed us, listen to Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast, Superman Returns, dropped this week. Mm-hmm. Um. I think AJ Brown finishes with more receiving yards and touchdowns than Julio Jones. Uh, maybe having both is a little bold, but I don't think that's that surprising. Um, yeah, I don't. I couldn't. Uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna give a real bold one. And Giants fans were in love with Justin Herbert. They felt like we really got screwed over when we took Jones, and then as a result, didn't then draft Herbert the year he came out. Um. Baker Mayfield also talked a lot of smack about the Daniel Jones pick, and he looked right for a lot of last year, unfortunately. 
But so my bold prediction is going to be that Daniel Jones has more total touchdowns than not combined, but individually than both Baker Mayfield and Justin Herbert. I'm going to say somehow, some way, Daniel Jones outperforms both Herbert and Baker Mayfield this year and has more total touchdowns than both guys. That's my big, bold prediction for the year. Well, that is certainly bold. Yes. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to say his numbers overall because maybe they get more yards. Maybe they even get more specifically passing touchdowns. But I think on total touchdowns, passing, rushing, receiving, Daniel Jones is going to outperform them because I could also see Jones maybe even catching one this year. That's, you know, I'll give the second bowl prediction. I think Daniel Jones gets, gets touchdowns three ways this year. I think he's going to catch one at some point this year, probably from Kadarius Tony on a trick play. I'll throw in one other bold prediction because I didn't. I wasn't satisfied with my last one. This is a bit homerish, but uh, when Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt, not wishing it, but let's be honest. Um, I think uh, I ah, man, I don't even know if I want to say it. It's so uh, controversial, but you want to you want to beat Justin what, Fields to the punch and have your other Ohio State alumni show I up. Th- big? I think Haskins comes in and actually is impressive. I said it. I'm buying in the right. preseason hype. That's that's bold. That I think we'd all have predictions that qualify as bold on that one. Okay. So okay. uh one more time. Don't forget to follow these guys on Twitter. You guys want to give your Twitter handles again before we leave? Uh yeah, follow me at I am Caleb B and follow Eddie and Caleb Cast at EC underscore hero. All right. Eddie, what's yours again? It's Eddie C eighty five, Eddie with a Y, and yes, Eddie and Caleb's Hero Cast. Superman Returns dropped this week. I thought it was a fun episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's next week? Super X Girlfriend. So yeah, we was, also uh, yeah. these these guys. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sell you guys for a minute or put you guys over. Um, these guys have literally watched every superhero movie that came out in theaters, right? Yeah, just theaters. Here, we're, we're not insane. Yeah, you started. Uh, no, but I'm saying every movie that came out in theaters, but at home. Um, yeah. But you've watched every superhero movie released since, what was it, the first Superman movie in 70-whatever it was? 78. There you go. And they're they're now up to Superman Returns. So they've got quite the back library if anybody's interested in superhero stuff. Um, I jump on there every once in a while on the weekend shows. I haven't been on in a little bit because I haven't cared about what if. But uh, I'll definitely be back on for the weekend shows when uh, The Boy starts up, which should hopefully be soon. Yeah. And maybe when Disney Plus has whatever comes after What If. Yeah, What If's um, been real good, though. I'm, yeah. I'm going to catch up on What If because I really was excited for it at first. It's just that first episode felt flat to me, and I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but The rest are not that at all. <laughs> without, okay, without spoilers, because I really do want to catch up on these. Does it seem like What If could potentially tie to any future MCU stuff? Because that was my other concern, too, is I was like, all these live action series that they did, they're all gonna tie back into the universe somehow. Do you does it seem like what if is headed that direction at all? Not from the impression I've been given. Okay. Yeah, probably not, but there might be some subtle Easter eggs, maybe. All right. So we'll see. I guess I guess we'll see what happens, because that's the only thing is I uh if it's not going to be canon, not that I don't want to waste my time, but it's just there's been so much wrestling and so much other stuff to watch, especially with AEW being so good lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like I said, listen to Eddie and Caleb's Herocast. Listen to D Blitz. 
again, I know you're listening to this obviously right now if you're hearing it, but keep listening. Um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, do all that good nonsense on whatever you listen on. And follow the podcast on Twitter at DBlitzPod, I believe. If not, just look for DBlitz. Um, and follow us on Facebook, too. We have a Facebook page, DBlitz Podcast, on Facebook. And that's about it. Um, glad to be back doing DBlitz again for the first time in a while. And glad that both of you guys were able to come on and do our big preseason preview. Thank um, you. Thanks thank- for having us. And uh, one last real, real quick thing. I walked outside today. The air, just a little crisper. The weather, just a little cooler. And it's like perfect. High school marching band in the distance. Oh, yeah. That's that's the great feeling. There's really only one better feeling than that, and I'll let you think of what that could be. Hey-oh! <laughs>